we would in all that we do praise God. That in everything, in word and deed, we would praise our Creator. A, a, A pure heart is one that is singularly focused on God. And, you know, we're in a, a battle that is always at work to, to keep us from uh, that, that pure focus on heart. There, uh, there's all kinds of influences around us that try to divide uh, that um, focus. So today we're going to look in the, the scriptures and into life of ways that God is calling and working and leading us to that, that purity of heart to Truly praise Him with all of our life. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word. Thank you for speaking to us of your truth. And now we ask that you would open our minds, our ears, and our very heart to hear from you. That your spirit would do your work of continuing to to purify us for your purposes. Thank you again for your written word that speaks to us of your truth and the ways of life. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Um, You uh, may remember nine years ago, a little over nine years ago, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, or just outside of Minneapolis, it was uh, bridge number 9340. And it had... 111 vehicles on it uh, during rush hour, and it crashed down. You know, fell 115 feet. I think we might even have a picture of that bridge. Um, remember, you may remember that and have seen that uh, picture um, before. Um, and uh, 13 people were killed. There were uh, 145 injured. It fell 115 feet to the river below and the river banks below. And they you know, obviously studied this uh, bridge and they tried to figure out what happened, what, what caused this failure. Well, in a um, book entitled The Longest War, they um, tell us that what they found, what caused the failure of this bridge, the compromise of this, was a common occurrence that we call rust. Uh, that's uh, what, uh, what it was. Here's a, a picture of one of the, the girders, and you can see the rust and how it failed in the midst of that. You know, oxidation, you know, oxygen and iron, and that decay, that slow decay. The, the, the book goes into the, the rust, the longest war. The book goes into how the same thing is the case with the Statue of Liberty and with oil pipelines and, and particularly the Navy and their ships and just the billions of dollars that are spent to keep rust at bay. It's that, that subtle, never-ending, destructive power that weakens the the iron and leads to such disasters. And I think a really powerful illustration of evil that is always at work chipping away at our heart. Chipping away to divide and, and to decay our heart from truly seeking after God. 
Because what, what God desires is for us to have a pure heart. A couple passages um, from uh, uh, Matthew and from the, the Psalms here. Matthew 5, 8. One of the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Yeah, that's really our, our driving passage for this um, our conversation this morning. Is that the pure in heart are those that, that see God. Not just will see Him in the future, but see Him even in the present. Um, probably as Jesus was saying that, he's basing it on Psalm 24 and Psalm 119. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in His holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. And then Psalm 119 here. Happy are those who keep His decrees, who seek Him with their whole heart. Again, that that pure heart is one that is seeking Him with their their whole heart, their their whole self. And we sometimes think of heart as emotion. In the first century, in in Hebrew understanding, and and when Jesus is talking about the heart, it's not just our emotion, but it's our, our will, our decisions. The very center of our lives is to be focused on God. But knowing that rust is never-ending force that works to defile, to divide, to dissuade, to deter, to distract, to delay, to dilute. In any way, in every way, our hearts for God. Whether it's the work of the evil one, whether it's the work of society and the, the, the ways of the world, or whether it's our own selfishness within us, there, there's always pot shots that are being taken to, to chip away at our heart. You know, uh, an 18-year-old today will have watched, an average 18-year-old will have watched or heard or seen over 360,000 commercials A 65-year-old would have seen, heard, or watched over 2 million commercials or ads. And each one of those ads are put together by really smart people who are trying to influence you and to convince you that their product or their institution or whatever it is they've got, it is the answer to your problems. It is the answer to the desires of your heart. So just imagine all the other voices that are regular, like rust. You know, we don't even think about commercials, but they have their impact. And, and that's just the commercials. That's just the official media. So there's a real call to, to be on our toes, to be aware, to be active, not only in protecting our heart, but in forming our heart, to purify it which is true for all of us, the youngest to the oldest. Maybe the, one of the most challenging passages to me, or, or characters, and the story of this character in the Bible is King Hezekiah. Um, you can find him in 2 Kings 18, is really what uh, 
I'll be looking at today, but um, we're not going to put it on the screen. I'm just going to survey, really, his, his story. Hezekiah was the king of, of Judah, the southern kingdom of uh, Israel. About when, when Hezekiah was king, Israel was divided into two kingdoms. The northern, which was Israel, and Samaria as the capital, and the southern was Judah, and Jerusalem was the capital. Well, well Hezekiah was, was one who was a, a king after the, desiring God. I mean, he, at 25, he became king, and he was king for 29 years until his death. And, and we're, we're told that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just as his ancestor David had done. That he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. So there was no one like him among all the kings of Judah that he held fast to the Lord. And the Lord prospered Hezekiah's hand. A couple stories. One, and when Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria, he came in to, to try to destroy. He, he's the one that came in and destroyed Israel. And then he came into Judah to try to destroy Judah. And Hezekiah cried out to God that God would protect them and, and, and care for them and deliver them from Assyria. And, and God heard and answered. Um, and he thwarted Sennacherib's threat and sent him back Home And Hezekiah rejoiced in God's provision. Uh, in, in chapter 20 of 2 Kings, Hezekiah gets ill and he cries out to God for his healing. And, and God brings healing, a miraculous healing to Hezekiah. But then the last story about Hezekiah in the middle of 2 Kings chapter 20 is that then the king of Babylon, another country that's trying to Take over. Actually, Babylon takes over Assyria, and then they come to take over um, uh, Judah, the, where Hezekiah is uh, king. And, and what what happens? Some of the leaders they they, they send a group uh, from Babylon to uh, Judah to meet with Hezekiah, and Hezekiah meets with them, welcomes them into the home, into his home, and into the palace, and he shows them. And here's what the text says. Hezekiah, well, uh, Hezekiah says that they have seen, so these folks from Babylon, have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouse that I did not show them. Hezekiah, through all of his life, yet here at the end, the power, the influences of those around him had divided his heart that now he was showing a foreign land his storehouse instead of God's. His heart had been divided. And God, through the words of Isaiah, tells Hezekiah, you know, now that you've done that, you've opened the door to the Babylonians and they're going to come and take over the land. challenging story, right? I mean, here's one that would have been following after God, but the insistence of rust continues. And if we let our guards down, then it can divide our hearts. See, a lot of times we, we think of purity as something we talk to children and youth about. There's a reason that I wanted to do it today with you, knowing that most of the children and youth would be out there. Now, they're going to talk about it too, or out there. Because of Hezekiah, 
that we must always be diligent in purifying our heart because of the power of rust. That incessant evil that looks to destroy, to distract, to divide slowly and little bit by little bit. A call to be diligent towards being pure in heart. Because that's what God wants. Blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's what we want, right? We, we want to see God. We want to walk with Him today. The, the Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he makes it clear you know, that our, our hearts are always in play. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 12. In Proverbs 29. There are those who are pure in their own eyes, yet they are not cleansed of their filthiness. And who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. So the scripture is clear that we must be on our toes and alert and aware and working. And I know this is not some call back to some Victorian day. This is not some witch hunt. But this is a serious call from the scriptures to regularly always be diligent in pursuing a pure heart focused on God in all things. Now, here's the good news. What... what Penny read at the beginning, 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3, that it is God's desire to make us pure. It is God's work in us to make us pure. And one day, He will completely succeed in doing that, believe it or not. He will make us pure. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. you have the next verse? Mm, the rest of 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Let's see here. 1 John 3. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as he is pure. A couple things from this passage. One, God's love for us is what makes us children of God. And that love is not susceptible to rust. That, that love is totally covered in rustoleum. It's sure and secure and has no wavering. So we are His children. And because we're His children, then we are destined to be made pure. The, the, the middle of the passage. We're His children now, and, but what we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know 
is when he is revealed, when Jesus returns, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. See how it's the pure of heart who will see God? And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So this we know is the case. This we know in Jesus Christ, I am destined to be made pure. My heart will be wholly devoted to Him. In Jesus Christ, your heart will be totally devoted to Him. The battle with rust will be over. That, that we know is where we're going. So because we know that is the eternal truth, then as we are working, as the, John calls us at the end, that we're to be purifying ourselves just as he is pure, that the work we do to purify ourselves is not a waste of time. Because it is eternal. There are a whole bunch of things that we can be doing, we can be spending our time on, that are a waste of time. One day they're going to be gone. Rust will destroy them totally. But working, developing our own purity of heart is one that we know will eternally be fulfilled. It's not a waste of time. Remember, um, this is a number of years ago, back when white walls were sort of in, you know, white wall tires. Uh, And uh, remember, uh, Kathy and I were washing the car. We were scrubbing the white walls. You know, they were just squeaky clean and looking good. The next day, we took the car into the shop, and he said, you know, the outside of the tire looks great, but the inside of the tire, it's destroyed. It's going to blow out in the next day or two or week or two. Everything inside of it is rotting away. What you see is looking nice. What you don't see is terrible. We spent the whole day wasting our time making those white walls look so beautiful and focusing on the externals instead of the internals. Christianity is about the center, not the circumference. Following Jesus, He desires not to make us pure religiously externally, but He desires to work within us purely from the inside. And then that impacts the circumference. But it's about changing the center. And what we know is a day will come when we'll see Him face to face and we will be made pure before Him internally and externally. To be pure like Jesus is pure. To be singly Singularly focused on God. Living for Him in every moment. Seeing Him in everything that is around us. Being transformed. James chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 captures that sense about being pure in heart and being undivided. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, to purify our hearts means we become singularly minded, centered on God in all, all of life. And that, that never ends. I didn't ask you if I could share this, Mary Bell, so I hope you forgive me but, um, if uh, it's inappropriate. But just at staff meeting on Tuesday... Mary Bell shared with us how God was working in her heart. 
You know, and I was just reflecting on that. I'm saying, you know, here's a, a, a woman that's experienced in all kinds of ways. If anybody could sit back and relax and just coast. I mean, she served in missionary places all over the world. She's lived with Chappie for over 60-something years. <laughs> Chappie's her, her husband. You know, and, and, and yet today she's with us, you know, where the rest of us all are considered whippersnappers, you know, relatively speaking, and sharing, you know, how God is still working, you know, in her. This, this pursuit of purity of heart is one that is worthwhile, that never ends, that God will one day complete. Now, the scriptures then say, all right, well, we see this is always before us. What, what's the call then? What, what, what do we do? How do we take steps to purify our heart? Well, first, Psalm 139, verse 23, and Psalm um, 5110, Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thought. We pray. We pray, God, search me. Search my heart. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. That's why every time that we gather on Sunday, we have time of confession where we're praying, all right, God, purify us. Cleanse us. Show us our heart. Continue to put that right heart and that right spirit within me. This is not something we do out of our own personal effort. This is a work that God does in us. But our participation, as the psalmists show us, is to regularly be praying, God, cleanse us. Purify us. Make make that a regular part of your prayer time. Your time with God. Come to Psalm 139, Psalm 51. God, I want my heart to be pure. It only happens if you do it. Continue to purify my heart. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. It tells us that it's Jesus' purpose as well to purify us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for Himself a people of His own who are zealous for good deeds. Jesus' purpose in you, in me, in us, is to purify us, is to, to change us, to set us free in this world, to be a power of righteousness and goodness. We have to Pray for God's work in us and know and release to Jesus that He is at work in purifying us and continually doing that until we see Him face to face. And His call there is for us um, 
to purify, just as we saw in 1 John 3, that we participate in this work of growing in purity. It's an old computer term. That's where I, I learned it in uh, um, uh, computer um, uh, programming called GIGO, G-I-G-O. You know, um, and it was basically the, the point of, you know, you can complain about the computer all you want, but you're the one that wrote the code. You know, you wrote the, uh, the program for the computer. The computer's only going to do what you tell it to do. So, said, if you write bad code, if you write a bad program, it's not going to work well. Garbage in, garbage out. You put garbage in, garbage is going to come out. So, it's a great reminder as we live in a world of rust to be attentive, to be alert on all the influences that are around us, all the voices that speak to us, all the things that we see, that we hear, that we read, that we listen to. Now, it's not, a, it's not one that we go on a judgmental witch hunt on all the evil stuff that's out there. There's evil stuff that's out there, if you didn't know. And you can curse the darkness all that you want. Maybe there's steps you can take to change that. But first and foremost for all, we must be aware and filter the garbage. Filter the garbage and call the lie what is a lie. Uh, Remember the organization Pure Hope. And they've come and and spoken here before. And and they talked about the influences in our lives. And um, they particularly were talking, this was for uh, um, children, or for parents and their children. And they said, you know, you have a desire as a parent to really want to filter for your children. And that's really good. But first and foremost, you've got to filter for yourself before you can filter for them. And it has a powerful influence when you are sitting there with your son watching a football game and a commercial comes on with some woman in a bikini selling a shingles for a roof. <laughs> you know, and, I, you know, I, and you stop and say, you know, son, this is not good for me to watch. So let's change the channel. And the impact, not only on me, but on my children. That we have to be regularly filtering and aware of all the different voices that come in. Some, my, sometimes my kids hate watching or hate um, listening to their song on radio uh, with me because I'll stop the song at some point and I'll say, Hey, so, you know, Clara, what's the story? Of this song. And Claire is pretty obstinate, and she'll just say, I don't know, but I like the beat. Yeah? <laughs> Who listens to the story? Nah, what's the story? And sometimes you'll find good stories, and you'll filter and say, hey, that's a good word right there. Even rap music, even hip hop can have great stuff in it about love and truth and righteousness and justice. Most everything's a mixed bag. But the question isn't that you just turn it off and you run from it. The question is you filter it. You, you critique. You, you want to see what's good and, and what's bad. You want to filter out the garbage and see 
what's, what's good. We, we have to be vigilant and diligent in all that we read and watch and listen to. Those, those two million commercials are going to have their impact if we just let them in without any kind of filter. Because rust, it never stops. And it can take down the biggest bridges or the best king. But the flip side, not just garbage in, not just filtering the garbage, but the other is to be sure we, we're putting the godly in. Because godly in means godly out. You know, are, we, are we also actively pursuing what is godly and putting that in our heart and our soul? Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can young people keep their way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I treasure your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. A pure heart is one that treasures God's word. Now I know, this is a pretty simple message, isn't it? There's impurity all around us. It's a bear to seek to be pure in our world. And so what we need to do is pray and read the Bible. Pretty simple, isn't it? I find that the truest and best things are simple. It's just they're a real challenge to do at times because of the power of rust to impact us, to move us away, to make us busy, to divide us, to dissuade us, to delay us, to deter us. But this is the place that God has given us in a simple, clear way His truth to pour into our lives every day. To take time every day, 5, 10, 15 minutes, to read His Word, to take that into our heart, to constantly be reminded of the truth that God is in control that the purpose of our life is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. To, to read in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the big things that, that Jesus calls us to, to, to love our enemies, that, that life is not about money or possessions and that we better watch out when there's lust or anger or hatred in our hearts. That God's character is one who is slow to anger, quick to forgive, merciful and filled with steadfast love, whose righteousness and justice is like a consuming fire. That's what we need to be taking in every day. That As the godly pours in, the godly pours out. And the beauty is, as God purifies our heart, as He shows us what is impure, as He pours in what is good, then it trains our eyes and visions to see Him. To see Him not just when we see Him face to face, but to see Him in life today. As, as He purifies our heart, as He focuses our heart, then the vision of our heart becomes focused. You know, divided eyes looking in two different directions, unfocused eyes 
they don't see what's in front of them. When we're focused and our heart is he is making our heart pure, we see him in all of life. We see his love, we see his mercy, we see his grace, we see his faith. I was reminded of Steve Hayner, who was a professor of mine and um, who was the president of Columbia Seminary outside of, of Georgia. And this is a couple of years ago now that he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And um, as the chemotherapy wasn't working and as his condition worsened, he would just share blogs during the time and, and powerful words from him. One of the times at the end, um, really close to the end of his uh, life here on, on earth, he, he said, I truly don't know what God has planned. I could receive healing through whatever means or I could continue to deteriorate. But life is about a lot more than physical health. It is measured by a lot more than medical tests and vital signs. More important than the more particular aspects of God's work with us is God's overall presence with us. Continually nourishing equipping, transforming, empowering, and sustaining us for whatever might be his call to my life today. Today, my call might be to learn something new about rest. Today, my call might be to encourage another person in some very tangible way. Today, my call might be to learn something new about patience, endurance, and the identification with those who suffer. Today, my call might be to mull through a new insight about God's truth or character. And then he ended, says, I thank you, God, for most this amazing day. Dr. Hainer was one who, that pure heart that God had developed in him, could see God even in the midst of, of pancreatic cancer. The, the rust of pancreatic cancer may have been destroying his pancreas and his physical body, but his heart, God, had purified to see him, even in the midst of that. That's what we long to be, is that kind of people whose hearts are pure and focused on God. Let us pray. Let's pray together that God's work would be to purify our hearts for Him and that His Spirit would regularly be helping us, Gaigo, to filter the garbage and pour in the godly so that today and every day, and especially when we see Him face to face, we might see God. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we offer ourselves to you that you would indeed cleanse us, that you would purify our hearts. You would show us the wicked ways that are within us and you would give us that clean heart, that new heart. Help us to stay focused on you. 
Lord, this, this day as a, as a nation, as we remember 15 years ago when terrorists attacked and we recognize that attacks continue all over the world, it has not gotten better. We lift up the church unto you in the midst, not just of rust, but of bombs and bullets, that you will purify our hearts to you, to keep us focused on you, to make us your people, brothers and sisters in Christ of every nation, and that we might be that people that are set aside for the good works that you've called for us to do, Jesus. Purify us around the world. Keep us focused on you. And Lord, as we were reminded last week, that you call us to pray for our leaders. Lord, we, we pray for our leaders as a nation, just as we pray for our global leaders that would fight such violence of terrorism, would bring about peace. And, and Lord, in this presidential election year, for us, the, the temptations are great to get caught in the mess of lies and anger and hatred. Purify us, Lord. Keep our hearts focused on You. Grant us Your wisdom, Your truth, Your peace, your righteousness, your gentleness. And Lord, we, we pray that you will purify our leaders, those that are in place now and those that you are bringing into place. Their, their hearts will be focused on you, that their wisdom will come from you. And Almighty God, we pray for the church in our country. That indeed, you would be working to purify our hearts towards you. That we would be your people. Help us to filter out the garbage. Help us to pour in what is godly. To hold your word close in our heart. So that we would be purified. By you and for you. And, and Almighty God, we, we pray as well for one another. We pray um, as, as a church for your purification, for your, your healing, your strength. Lord, we lift up to you Bob Heller and Lawrence Dennis as they continue to be challenged by physical health issues, Lord. And, and for others that are the same, we pray for Bob and Lawrence who are at Christ Hospital, that in the midst such struggles you would purify hearts in you and help them to see you to see you even in the midst of such challenges and, and for, for others Lord as well we, we give you thanks that you have uh, Kathleen Hughes and, and, and Pat Robinson Robin Warner have been released from the hospital and we pray that they as well would be seeing you as you purify their hearts we lift up Eileen Boyle and family and the death of Eileen's father um, this week and this last week. And we pray your, your hand upon them that they would see you as well, even in the midst of death. A sure and certain hope of the resurrection would be real in their hearts. Lord, we pray for one another and other needs that uh, we haven't mentioned or but needs that you bring before us. And we, we pray for one another above all that 
you would reign in our lives and in our hearts. You would be Lord and you would continue to purify our hearts. Help us to help one another to filter the garbage and to pour in, actively pour in the godly and the truth of your word so that you might be glorified and you might be magnified and that, that our, our neighborhoods, um, our workplaces, our, our homes, our city, our nation would be changed because of your power at work in our hearts. Now hear us, Lord, as we pray um, to be your church, uh, to be your people, um, to uh, be your your church without walls. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen.